I'm guessing it's probably been a while since you've even thought about getting on an airplane. The TSA reports that air travel in the U.S. is down 96% compared to the same day last year. But still, people need to take flights, and airlines are continuing to operate under really difficult circumstances. This got me thinking about how an airline like Southwest continues to operate when its culture is so much about bringing people together. We learned from their CCO, Linda Rutherford, last year that culture is what differentiates Southwest, and it permeates everything it does. So what does that culture actually look like today? Today we're talking to Whitney Eichinger, who leads culture and engagement at Southwest, about how the airline and its culture are persevering and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm Elliot Mizrahi, and this is The New CCO. Yeah, I think that what one of the things that's the most impressive about Southwest, whether you're a customer or an employee, it's extremely fun. Our flight attendants having the um, original, you know, funny flight safety announcements uh, when you get on board. When you're an employee inside Southwest Airlines, there is a lot of, if you have the idea and you can prove the business case to do it, we want to hear from you. We feature our employees in our advertising. So I think it's very employee centric. And I think what you would hear from customers is the things they like the most about Southwest aside, of course, from getting point A to point B, is how much fun they have with our employees. And I think that comes from empowering them. And I think you get this dynamic company with a historic culture that is based on employees and what they what they want and what they need makes them the most happy at Southwest is what we want to do. And that in turn has them give great customer service to anyone flying. Can you talk a little bit about what the sort of typical culture of Southwest is first, and then how that has become sort of adapted or, or you know, maybe problematic is not the right word, but um, how you've had to think differently about that culture given the current circumstances. If you've done any research at all or reading about Southwest, it's a culture of hugging. It's a culture of Herb Kelleher used to kiss on the lips with anyone, anyone that came up to him. Um, you know, a lot of that has changed, but we, we've been looking, especially during this time of how do we keep our spirits high? How do we keep the, the fun that is Southwest Airlines? And then how do we also look at what sort of changes might we need to make if that, if that hug now kind of puts you, kind of puts you up a little defensive? What are some of the things that you've been doing to maintain that culture, but do so in a way that's considerate of employee safety and, and the like? Well, I would say, you know, first we take safety seriously. We take planning for a crisis very seriously. Um, and then, you know, we also take having fun really seriously. And that means that anyone who's interacting, whether it's internal or external at Southwest, is definitely moderating their behavior to best fit what the situation is. Um, as you probably know, um, Southwest is an essential business. And so we have continued operating during the work from home times. So we have a lot of employees that have been going to work every single day in every different kind of environment to a call center, to the airport, to taking flights with customers. Um, so I think we have to manage how do we make the changes that make our employees feel safe as well during a time where, uh, like uh, during a time that we've never experienced before in our history. 
So I think if I'm not mistaken, Whitney, there's three elements to your sort of culture. The fun-loving attitude that you mentioned, a servant's heart, and a warrior spirit. Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Those three? Oh, yeah, you're right about that. Someone's been reading. <laughs> the servant's heart and the warrior spirit sort of says to me, uh, you really encourage employees to be service-oriented, go above and beyond, really be committed to making the experience you know, as good as it can be for the customer. But employees must be feeling anxiety as well. There are some safety issues, certainly, just around being in and around airplanes and customers and airports. What have you been hearing from employees around that? And what are some of the ways you've been trying to address that natural anxiety? Well, I just was able to have a conversation just this week um, with our CEO, Gary Kelly. He's taken more time just over the past, I want to put it, I think we're almost at eight weeks, six weeks or eight weeks, and recorded twice a week, just a video so we can see him, we can hear from him, and he's actually answering employees' questions. We have an Ask Gary inbox where employees are sending in their questions, and Gary is actually answering those twice a week in a recording that we send out to all of our employees. We're using some incredible internal tools. We work with Qualtrics, which you've probably heard of, and we are sending out a number of different surveys, which I think before this time seemed probably like an annoyance to most employees at most corporations. But now the questions that we're answering are, you know, what what tools do you need to work from home? What do you, what do you, what's on your mind the most about returning to work? What's your overall feeling? How often are you hearing from your leadership? Do you need to hear from your leadership more? And so we're taking the executive level communication and dialing that way up and then also giving employees a place to be heard. So when you get the survey, we're doing it for not only those that work at headquarters, but also our employees in the field, which when you think about someone that works at an airport, their experience through this is much different than what we're going through in the office world working at headquarters. So making sure we're creating an environment that works for all of our 60,000 plus employees And then you have the leaders of these giant work groups. If you think of our flight attendants, if you think of our pilots, they are going above and beyond right now to host town halls where they are doing video chats with all the employees and taking questions and really working through some of those hard scenarios and then bringing that information back to the executive level and making some changes that make everyone feel the most comfortable. And, you know, you talked about the warrior spirit, fun-loving attitude and servant's heart. Those are meeting all of those things. And Southwest, over our history, has been in a a variety of different crises, not one quite like this and not one quite like any other um, when you look at all the different ones that we've had. But it brings us together even more. And I think people really shine as leaders whenever you're able to say, how do we need to communicate to our employees? And we are employee first. I'll tell you one thing. We've been spending more time on employee communication, on getting feedback from employees and on answering employees' questions than we have been concentrating on what our message is outside of the company. It doesn't mean that we're not taking, you know, talking to media, PR, all of that very, very seriously. We are, but we are at first taking care of, if you think about it, we're taking care of our family and making sure that they feel safe and they have a great place to work 
it'll be really interesting to see what companies learn from this. And then even for Southwest, what permanent changes are we going to make for how we operate for, for, for eternity moving forward? Have there been challenges that have arisen that maybe you haven't anticipated? And is there maybe a lesson or two that you've learned just over the last month that you think uh, would inform the way you would do things going forward? You know, what was really different about this is, and it's still going on, each state, they're obviously governed by the governor. So the, the governor could make an executive order and all of those could be different. So we had the example in New Mexico where almost overnight call centers were deemed not essential anymore. And we have a call center there. So, you know, we have a number of call centers across the country where people who are calling in to make reservations, their calls are routed through there. And you think about those employees for Southwest have never worked from home and are not set up to work from home, but we're going to be in a situation and within 24 hours where we are going to have to have them set up to work from home. And so I was using this example in another conversation that when we were having our disaster response calls, which is what we have when we're dealing with any sort of crisis, and people were talking about like the need to get laptops, I didn't initially see how important that was. Um, and then you go to overnight more than 300 people estimating, I don't know the exact number there in Albuquerque, um, having to work from home overnight and do their jobs completely different and ensure that data was you know, secure when you're working from a home network because you're dealing with customers and payments and all of that. Um, it was a real feat to get that up and running. And I feel like with Southwest, it's not something that I necessarily learned during this time, but we are able to be flexible and quick in, in a way that would just blow, blow your mind every time you think there's a lot of people that would be wringing their hands like, what do we do? Instead, we just jump straight to it. Um, I think one lesson we've learned too, which, you know, none of us know going forward what it really means. Um, we initially, we have a, a group of people that, for lack of a better word, make they talk to our pilots. So like when the pilots are bringing the plane in, it's like our dispatchers. So they talk to the plane, they make, they're working with air traffic control. Obviously, that group has to be vehemently just protect it. You cannot have that. But that's like the the brain. That's the that's the spinal cord of the airline. And they were one of our first groups back at the beginning of March where we decided to start taking temperatures before they were going to come into work. And I would say as a country, as a company, that is not something we have typically done in our past. It seemed invasive. And now people are feeling more comfortable with well, with temperature checks happening. So it's like, I feel like as a, as a country, we've never been in a situation where we've had to have our temperature checks. And then when we started doing that as a company in some of these key departments and teams, it actually made people feel better. So that was kind of one of those things that you, you put something in place that seems very just averse to even your company culture. And it ends up making people feel during this time much more secure about doing their job. And then of course, protects the company overall. So having to be, you know, a bit invasive with people when you're taking the temperatures and then knowing as a group that actually brings some relief to your mindset whenever you're coming into work. Whitney, if I can ask, um, if you could give one piece of advice to 
peers at, at other companies based on what you've learned, what would that piece of advice be? I think it's never, ever been more important to communicate to your employees, not only about what the state of the business is, because everyone wants to know, is my company stable? Am I losing my job? I think being as clear as possible in your communication to employees has never been more important. And that's not just from the CEO. It's not just from the department head. This is all the way to team leads. And then I think we are also in a time where I can't buy you lunch. I can't give you a hug. I can't give you a high five, but I can take the time to to send a handwritten note to thank people. Many people are working nonstop and more than they ever have, even if that is from home. And as with any crisis, you don't know the duration, but generally when you have a crisis, it does not last as long as this does. So fatigue does come into play. I think employees knowing that they're heard through all the tools that we have available to us digitally, none of this has ever been more important than it is right now. I think, and I think one thing that I would add is that um, you know that you have a great company when your employees tackle a problem that is this enormous, that is that is affecting employees not only at work but also personally, and you're able to be flexible. You're able to keep the company and the employees productive. And you're able to trust that we're going to make the right decisions. It really unites a company more than ever. And you find out who are those, you know, just true warriors with inside your organization that you may never have even considered. And I think it teaches you a lot as you move forward. You know, we joke about what is essential and non-essential as workers. There's so many jokes about that. Um, But I think you really do see could we operate with less? Could we do this more efficiently? Have we gotten in our own way now that I don't have an extra 45 days to do a 60-page presentation about rolling an entire company over to Microsoft Teams, just for an example? You just do it sometimes and it works. So I think it will help everyone become a bit leaner and then have a bit more grace when it comes to dealing with hopefully any issues at work and hopefully personally as well. I'd like to take a moment to thank our podcast sponsors for this year, Rivet, which is our podcast producer, and Crisp Thinking. Crisp Thinking uses AI and human intelligence to protect global brands from the weaponization of communication and the spread of misinformation. You can find out more at crispthinking.com. You can find out more about Rivet at rivet360.com. If you enjoyed today's episode of The New CCO, be sure to check out our latest episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review. We want to hear what you think so that we can keep making this podcast more interesting and valuable to you. To find out more about what's happening at PAGE, please visit us at page.org. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the new CCO.